Welcome to the third episode in the Father and Son Pastoral Podcast. I'm Pastor Kenny Birch Jr., and as you know, you are Pastor Ken Birch Sr., and uh, this has been a really exciting series we've been mm-hmm. doing. We've been getting a lot of good feedback, so thank you very yes, much, everyone who's you. been listening. We really appreciate it. Yes. We've been doing the Jesus Said That series, looking at every word Jesus spoke in the New Testament, and today's episode is very relevant. Mm. Jesus is tempted. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at temptation and how Jesus overcame it and how we can overcome it. Uh, this is taken from Matthew 4, Mark mm-hmm. 1, and Luke 4. So today's main question we'll be discussing is, how can I overcome my temptations and addictions? Mm-hmm. Um, as a man or woman, we all struggle with yeah. temptation. It's known as immune. Mm-hmm. As you know, it's not a sin to be tempted, but it's a sin to give in to the temptation. Um, I think this conversation is really real mm-hmm. because we all struggle with temptations. Right. I mean, even Jesus was tempted. And um, I don't even have to give you a list of temptations because if you're a believer, you know because the Spirit convicts you. Mm -hmm. So once again, we'll be looking at Jesus's identity because when he was challenged, he held to his identity and overcame the temptation. So tonight's or this podcast main thought today is that Satan challenges Mm -hmm. Jesus's identity. Uh, God the Father just proclaimed, if you listen to our last podcast, Jesus as the Son of God at his baptism. Mm-hmm. He said, you are my beloved Son. Mm-hmm. He helped define Jesus to everyone. Obviously, Jesus knew who he was, but that was important. Jesus' identity was established as the Messiah and the Son of God. Mm-hmm. His mission was to glorify God the Father and carry out the Father's will. However, in today's podcast, Satan will challenge Jesus' identity. Twice he's going to demand that Jesus submits to his will mm-hmm. and prove that he is the son of God by performing signs and wonders. Yeah. He will even ask Jesus to reject the father's will and worship him. Mm-hmm. And all of these goes against Jesus's identity as the perfect God man. Mm-hmm. So uh, is there anything you want to add to that as we roll into the passage? Yeah, absolutely. This is a common plight to mankind you go back to the perfect setting, uh, Genesis chapter three, there are Adam and Eve and who comes in, but, uh, the serpent, uh, to beguile them and the temptations he uses, uh, are the same ones that he employs on Jesus, uh, that we'll see today and that he uses on you and me because they work. Regularly. Because they work. Yeah, he might put a different facade on it, but basically from John uh, writing 1 John 2, uh, where we hear about the uh, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Mm -hmm. Those three are repeatedly used because they work, as you say. Uh, So um, what you are covering today, what we are about to embark upon, is just what is endemic uh, to mankind. And, and the good thing to know is we can overcome temptation. Yes. Uh, we're not helpless. That's right. Scripture says we can. Yeah. So, um, so as we look at this passage, I want you to think, how does Satan challenge your identity mm-hmm. as a child mm-hmm. of God? Mm-hmm. How can you overcome his temptations? And I believe we can learn how by looking at how Jesus overcame his right. temptations. Yeah. So... Let's go ahead and get started. Let's just jump mm-hmm. right into it. Sure. We're going to be looking at Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, we won't be turning to John in this <laughs> one. It's not covered there. <laughs> That's right. But uh, let's start with Matthew. 
So Matthew 4.1, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I, I think that's that's one of those facts that, yes, the Holy Spirit took him there, yeah. obviously, to spend time with his father. I think it's going to be symbolic for the 40 years wilderness wandering. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot rolled into that one verse, which right. we'll see more as we go. After he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. <laughs> yeah. I, I know we uh, fast, and I don't think I've ever gone 40 days and 40 <laughs> nights. So uh, this is quite incredible what Jesus was doing. There's a, a, a timing issue with all this that is very intriguing. Um, when you see in verse 1, then Jesus, well, the then is an adverb of time. And it's connecting that Jesus had just uh, been baptized. The Father is pleased with his activity, of course. Uh, but then that same adverb is used in verse 5 and verse 10 and verse 11. And uh, just on a chronological note, Matthew's account seems to be given in the order of the temptation. Luke, in this particular uh, case, seems to be more topically uh, arranged. But just don't miss uh, when this occurs, this is uh, Jesus, you know, entering into ministry, and he is getting hit uh, with the double-barreled shotgun of Satan's um, uh, temptations. And I think it's just good for us to remember that usually when we're confirmed, in a sense, yeah. when God's saying you're doing the right thing, yeah. is uh, when we're hit the hardest. Yes. Um, a lot of people think we're hit when we're in our lowest. Yeah. But I honestly think most Christians, you look at David, you look at others, they're usually hit when they're on a high right. and they're feeling pretty good. So um, Jesus, you know, as a man, he had to feel good at this time. His father's pleased. Mm -hmm. You know, he's baptized. Mm -hmm. Ministry mm -hmm. is about to start. That's right. So uh, he goes in. And I, I think the 40 days, it just mm -hmm. seems biblical. The nation of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. The yeah. whole time they sinned and failed. That's right. He's going to be the direct opposite. He's going to wander for 40 days in the wilderness. But unlike Israel, he was going to come out perfect. Absolutely. Which is a great parallel. We see this throughout Matthew as he's contrasting That's Old right. Testament with Jesus, how the nation failed. He came through. And even the text Jesus uh, is meditating upon comes from the book of Deuteronomy, yeah. the second law, the, the nation of Israel uh, having wandered. Uh, for 40 years in the wilderness. I mean, think about this for just a moment. Uh, Moses had uh, 600,000 burials over that 40-year period. We know from Numbers 1, there are 603,000, I think it's 550 men, 20 years and older, who would not get to enter uh, the promised land. So there was a lot of death. There was a lot of failure. And Jesus is meditating on a section of scripture relating to Israel's failure and where they fail, the son of God prevails. I love it. Yeah. It says then in verse three, then the tempter approached him and said, yeah. if that's the key, if you are the son of God. Yeah. So here comes challenging his identity. Yeah. Tell these stones to become bread. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I look at this passage, I see God's will was that the father wanted Jesus to fast and pray in the wilderness right. before embarking on his ministry. Very important. Satan's will was for Jesus to defy the father's will and put his human desires mm. above the father's by breaking his fast. Because mm -hmm. we have to understand, Jesus was hungry. Obviously not a sin to be hungry. Yeah. But he's appealing to that in order to disobey his heavenly father, Satan is trying. 
Satan's attack. God called you his son, but his word is not enough for me. So I'm testing you, basically saying, prove it. How relevant is that today as we see? And, And we know temptation is usually a quick fix that goes against God's moral nature. That's right. It's usually, you know, I want something here and now I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait for the time God has given given me. So I have written a little note here. I said, it's a quick fix to fill a physical, sexual, or emotional need. Satan offers Jesus food to ease his physical pain mm-hmm. and to embrace a sinful ego. Yeah. You can't emphasize strongly enough of prayer and fasting. Uh, we all know uh, that we are to pray. Uh, that's something that we're taught early on. But the fasting part was what intrigued me. I thought through my earlier years in church, I don't know if I was ever challenged to fast. I got to be honest with you. Uh, you know, you got an entire chapter, Isaiah 58, dealing with fasting in the Old Testament. And Jesus assumes his disciples are going to fast. In Matthew six seventeen. he doesn't say if you fast, but when you fast. What's writing all this? Uh, riding upon all this, if Jesus has one failure, you and I could not be saved. So this is a huge deal, but the, the whole combination of prayer with fasting is is huge. It's huge. And I think there's many reasons why people don't fast. Yeah. I think, first of all, it's a discipline. Yeah. Um, hmm. You deny yourself. Yeah. You're saying your will. It's, it's that your kingdom come, your will be done concept, mm-hmm. align my will to yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're hit for different reasons. Some of us love food, mm. <laughs> but we don't want to get a bit up. That's right. Others of us um, are into exercise and being as fit as possible. Mm-hmm. And some of us are like, hey, I can't give up the protein for that time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's very interesting how the uh, how we can think of excuses not to fast. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. here he is, and he set an example for us. That's right. Now, this is Jesus's answer. He's going to quote mm-hmm. scripture. Mm-hmm. In verse four, he answered, It is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm. Um, Jesus quotes here Deuteronomy 8, 3. So uh, Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3 says, remember that the Lord your God led Mm. you on the entire journey these 40 years in the wilderness so that he might humble you and test you to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands. Obviously, this is uh, Moses talking. Mm -hmm. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. Once again, we say Jesus' identity. He's the humble son of man. Then he gave you manna to eat, which you and your ancestors had not known, so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm. God said Jesus was his beloved son, so God did not, or so Jesus did not have to test that fact. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that man should live by what God says. Yeah. In other words, Jesus had faith in the Father's word, yeah. and that was enough to overcome the first temptation. Uh, fascinating that the concept of God's provision uh, here. The Lord has always been trying to train His people for daily dependence upon the Lord. Uh, after departing at the Red Sea, Exodus chapter 16, here's the manna. Uh, I love the Hebrew, man who, because the people said, what, what is, is it? it? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You talk about ready-made breakfast, there you go. And uh, speaking of uh, bread, I-, I do want to make a 
comment about our new coffee cup, the Father and Son Pastoral Podcast. Uh, bread and coffee, perfect. <laughs> and it's, uh, I love our, our, our new cups. It's just, I mean, if anything... Uh, touches you today from the podcast, it should be the coffee cup because it's just it's just the best. And, and this is not sponsored by Walmart. It's this, not this sponsored by okay. Walmart. There yeah. you go. But in Exodus right. 16, the the concept of I'm going to provide for you, you mm-hmm. go out each day and you, you gather enough bread. The day before the Sabbath, you get uh, double the amount. But depend on me. Depend on me. I, I'm faithful. And in Matthew 6, give us this day, our daily bread. And the Lord is testing them. But he always tests us if we can depend upon him where uh, Satan wants Jesus um, to go out independently. Uh, Jesus is going to depend upon the father and not his own strength to provide. And that's the lesson that we just got to get our arms around. It's just stepping out in faith. Yes. Um, and I think stepping out in faith is very intimidating at yeah. times, especially at first, because you're denying something generally. Yeah. Um, as you know, I just went to see uh, Sight and Sound, or I went to Sight and Sound and saw David. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend seeing it. Yes. And in the play, they had David and Goliath, obviously. And spoiler alert, unless you don't, don't know your Bible. <laughs> um, uh, when he is going against Goliath, they had all these really cool special effects going on. But I loved how they showed just like the thousands of soldiers yeah. and they're all beating their shields and they're yeah. intimidating. Or That's when right. his mighty men were fighting mm-hmm. and you think like three men going against 800 men, how much yeah. faith did that take? Because yeah. God's word said, you know, one can beat a thousand, you know, two can beat 10,000, so forth in the yeah. law. Yeah. But to really step out. So Jesus is saying, I trust the father. That's and right. Honestly, that's one of the best ways we can overcome temptation. Yeah. Say, God's word says this, I trust him. That's right. So let's continue. Verse five. Then the devil took him to the holy city, mm-hmm. had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if, once again, challenging identity, mm-hmm. if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you mm-hmm. and they will support you with their hands. So you will not strike your foot against a stone. Once again, Mm. Satan is trying to test the Father's words to see if Jesus believes them or not. The test is clear. Jump off the temple, and the Father will protect you. So prove your identity. The Father's word isn't enough. Show it to me. Prove to me that the Father's words are true. Yeah, we um, live with an era where everybody wants to be a hero or an (laughs) idol. Satan's basically saying, okay, Jesus, here's your chance. Um, I'm going to take you up to the pinnacle. Uh, there's probably a little play on words here. Uh, pinnacle literally means little wing. Uh, because back in Psalm 91, uh, where a quote here comes from, uh, it talks about being under the wings of the Almighty. You're at probably at the southeast corner of the wall. And uh, Josephus tells us that it was dizzying looking down. Uh, it's estimated to be a 450 to 500 foot drop. Now think about that. That's a That's football big. field and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and um, here's the temptation. Just just do a little dive. Let your angels come snatch you. Show everybody just how important you are. And that's, we struggle uh, by the fall 
with wanting to steal glory from God. Mm. We're glory stealers. You know, the Lord says in the Old Testament, I will not give my glory to another. So Satan is hitting up Jesus and saying, show us this spectacular so you can be Israel's idol. (laughs) And he doesn't, if you will, quote unquote, fall for it. And I like how it's so interesting. or I like that we can learn one of Satan's attacks as he twists scripture. Yeah. Um, he takes the word of God. He's like, mm. okay, Jesus, you want to quote scripture to me? I can quote, quote scripture back to you. Yeah. And uh, I think it's interesting the word pervert means to twist. Yeah. Yes. So he takes the word of God and totally twists its meaning. The passage was originally talking about trusting the father, mm-hmm. where Satan twists it to mean let's test the father. Yeah. So um, I just think that's one thing we got to understand that Satan is not – Beyond using the word of God right. when it's to his own advantage. That's right. So watch out for those who are tempting you by perverting the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesus knows the father's words yeah. and they are true mm-hmm. and he will not test them. Yeah. He's satisfied in them. That's right. So he said, it is also written, do not test the Lord, your God. Mm. And that comes from Deuteronomy 616. Yeah. And it says, do not test the Lord, your God, as you tested him at Massa. So the question is, what happened there at Massa? In Exodus 17, 7, he, Moses, named the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites complained Mm -hmm. and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? Mm. The people tested Moses by asking if God was really among them. Satan tested Jesus by asking him to prove that he was really God's son. So once again, a parallel with the wilderness wandering. And this is um, an intense testing here. And I just like to uh, uh, just point out for uh, those uh, joining us or will join us, the word test, um, it can be used positively uh, in the scripture, but that's pretty rare. It's used that way over in John 6. But here it's the idea of tempting and then only used three times, or excuse me, four times uh, in the scripture, uh, we have the preposition affixed to the verb test. So it's an intensified testing where it says, do not test or tempt the Lord your God. Uh, same thing, uh, 1 Corinthians 10.9, where Paul's given the illustrations of the Old Testament Israelites uh, putting Christ to the test once and again, we have in First Corinthians ten nine. Nor let us tempt Christ. Uh, we should never doubt His word. If faith is taking God at His word and acting upon it, Jesus had full faith in the Father. So should we. And it's a grievous sin when we are tempting or testing the Lord. Yeah. So once again, quote Scripture. Yeah, um, gets out of that temptation. Yep. Once again, he knows his identity. He knows the identity of his father. Yeah. And uh, Satan is really just trying to hit us in our identity. Mm. Who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is what he's saying. And he's just trying to find some weakness there. That's right. But Satan does not give up. Uh, he's no fool. Mm-hmm. He's going to keep trying. So again, and this is verse eight, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you fall down and worship me. Mm. So Satan hits Jesus with an obvious temptation, a quick fix, worship me, and you get your kingdom now. Yeah. Um, God's will, 
was that Jesus would save mankind by dying on the cross before getting his kingdoms. Satan's will was that Jesus would have the kingdom now mm-hmm. and forget saving mankind. Yeah. So once again, it's a quick fix. Hey, Jesus, I'll give you everything right now. (laughs) Now, obviously, he wouldn't get everything, and it would have just devastated all history. But uh, Jesus didn't give in to the temptation. And and I think that's an awesome thing with Jesus when he stands up here. Mm -hmm. Um, He's looking out not only at his own good, but the good of all others. Because let's face it, when we sin, we impact others. Yeah. Sin never just hurts us. It always hurts others. Um, And then we see in verse 10, then Jesus told him, go away, Satan, for it is written. Once again, he knows scripture. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy to the devil again. Mm -hmm. Then the devil left him and then angels came and began to serve him. Um, Jesus's faith in his father is justified and and Satan leaves. That's right. And after the father, after this, the father sends angels and they help meet Jesus's needs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Satan tries to make Jesus think, Hey, you're all alone here. Prove mm-hmm. who you are. Where he says, you know, I don't, I don't need this. I don't need to prove it to you. I know my identity. I don't doubt my father's word. And then what happens? The father provides for his needs. Yeah. I, I think we have to be aware of, the authority Satan has, uh, yes. it seems to be one of two extremes. People either magnify <laughs> him too highly or they just think he's They're insignificant. stump on his head during exactly. worship or something. Exactly. And in John twelve thirty one, he's the ruler of this world. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, Paul calls him the God of this age. And this is a legitimate offer in the sense that this world system is under the control of Satan. And that's First John 5, 19. That the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So don't minimize Satan's power. He's he's not to be fooled with. We see that from Michael the Archangel when it came time for him to have a discussion with Satan about the body of uh, Moses. Dare not bring a reviling accusation against him. It says the Lord rebuke you. When we're turning to God's word, as you keep pointing out so faithfully, Kenny, when we turn to God's word, that is the authority, mm-hmm. and it's greater than Satan. That's where we turn. We're not going to find it in ourselves, mm-hmm. but we're going to find it in his word. So I appreciate uh, you taking us back to the scripture, taking us back to the scripture, because that is faith. We take God at his word, and we act upon it. Yeah, and Jesus didn't have to philosophize. Yeah. He didn't have to say, these are the 10 arguments or the yeah. 10 teachers. He right. just go straight to scripture. That's right. I think Christians would get in a lot, lot less trouble if we went straight to Scripture. Amen. So um, we're going to see now a quick account, yeah. a very quick account. Yeah. Uh, the next two, um, we'll go through Luke pretty quick, too, because it echoes mostly. But let's jump to Mark 1, 12 through 13. And John Mark writes a very short account of this historical event. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 12, immediately after the baptism, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness He was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels were serving him. So only John adds the detail that Jesus was with the wild animals. Um, Again, we don't know. Possibly this is true. This is just a thought. It's possible that when John Mark was writing this gospel, the Christians were being thrown to the lions in Rome. Um, Many were executed that way. So perhaps... 
When this was written, Mark was saying, hey, Jesus was alone with the wild beast and he had comfort and he was trying to comfort the Christians who are about to be thrown to the wild animals. We don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, don't don't take that as gospel truth. Mm-hmm. It's possible. But I think it's interesting that Mark just gives kind of, you know, he was with the wild animals. Yeah. Just just something to think about. Yeah. Because um, most of these early readers, a lot of them would have been executed, yeah. killed for their faith. Yeah. So, if, you know, if I'm looking, if I'm thrown into a sporting arena mm-hmm. and I'm about to be executed. Yeah. And they say, you know, you're going to be eaten alive, yeah. which is horrifying. Yeah. But then to think, hey, my Jesus was with the wild beast and he came out triumphant. You know, right. I, I can stand strong. So it, it's possible. Um, something interesting to think about. Uh, intriguing as well. Having been to the traditional site where the temptation occurs, I think of wilderness. I tend, Kenny, to think about like almost like forests and trees and just, but it's a rocky, barren place just outside of Jericho. And um, so it's, it's a very lonely place. Uh, Mark seems to keep picking up on this idea of wilderness because Jesus is there uh, just seemingly all uh, alone. But the spirit's movement here that he drove Jesus uh, from the wilderness, ek balo, to cast out. <laughs> I mean, you talk about the spirits ministry no. here. He <laughs> drove, he cast out Jesus into uh, the wilderness. And um, the parallel again, going back to Israel, wandering the 40 years, and now here's Jesus. Uh, it's very real um, as derived from scripture. But um, the the movement of the Trinity in this is so amazing because Jesus is depending upon the Father, uh, and now we have the Spirit just driving him. And I, I think it shows you, too, the Holy Spirit, who is so abused. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go off on this, but yeah, sometimes could easily. Yeah. Uh, I get very upset with how people treat him as this force, yeah. as this um, just mystical thing that's hovering, yeah. like, uh, like just a force, you know, mm-hmm, good, mm-hmm. evil, kind of pushing mm-hmm. you. And uh, I was watching a kid's little show because I've been doing my curriculum, so I'm, right. I'm checking out other things. And mm-hmm. It was horrible. It said, what's the Holy Spirit? And it's the Holy Spirit is a force that helped the apostles do miracles. And I'm like, it's God. It's God. But um, I guess the point yeah. I'm making yeah. is that sometimes the Holy Spirit will put you in bad situations or seemingly yeah. bad situations just to glorify God. Yeah. I mean, we see even in the Old Testament, Moses and his people, they were slaves forever, it felt yeah. like, yeah. simply to glorify God um, by them coming out and destroying Egypt, basically. Yeah. So um, sometimes we think the Holy Spirit's just going to put us where we want to go. Mm. Uh, we're seeing here that Let's go with the wild beast and Satan for 40 days. You know, that doesn't sound very fun. So then we come to our uh, final passage, Luke 4, 1 through 13. Dr. Luke's going to be very similar to Matthew's account. Who knows? Maybe even interviewed Matthew for this. We don't know. But he's going to add a couple small details to it. Um, Verse 1 says, Then Jesus left the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Important. God wanted him in the wilderness. It was God's will. And if I can jump in just a second, just to build upon what you just said a minute ago, which was so profound about the Spirit driving us in uncomfortable places. Uh, When you see the expression here was led by the Spirit, that formula is used here 
Romans 8.14 and Galatians 5.18, all three times in the context of temptation. What does the Spirit do? He's leading you. He's taking you to the temptation, but through it. That's what the Spirit of God does. It does the same here for Jesus. And so you see the role of the Spirit, and it's just his power, too, because although he's leading, uh, he gives the enablement uh, to have victory. And I just love that. So often, you know, the, the whole superficiality with the Holy Spirit, whether he's a force or, you know, just the craziness <laughs> is going on to exactly. He, he leads and then he gives the victory. Yeah. So it says for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. Yeah. He ate nothing during those days. Yeah. And when they were over, he was hungry. Hmm. It seems like Satan waits till after the 40 days are up to hit him up, wait till he's tired. And I, that's when we're tempted a lot. Mm -hmm. It can be when we're really doing well. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus would have been extremely tired, but there got to have been that sense that, you know, I'm, I'm doing the father's will. Right. You know, I didn't eat for 40 days to please right. him. Yeah. So, um, and then he says, if once again, we already established a thing with identity. Mm -hmm. If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Mm -hmm. But Jesus answered him. It is written. Man must not live on bread alone. So he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Mm. Then the devil said to him, I will give you their splendor and all this authority because if it had been given over to me and I can give it to anyone I want, if you then will worship me, all will be yours. Mm. Jesus answered him and it's written, worship the Lord your God and only mm. serve him. Yeah. So he took him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are a son of God, throw yourself down for here for it is written. He will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you. And they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Then Jesus answered him. It is said, do not test the Lord your God. After the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. Yeah. Now, Luke kind of adds that ominous note. He departed for a time. Mm -hmm. He wasn't defeated, so to speak. He was coming back mm -hmm. in the future. Before we get to our employment, um, what we can take and you know overcome temptation ourselves. Anything you want to share on that? Or? Yeah, just uh, interestingly, uh, verse 7, if you then will worship. Satan doesn't mention service, <laughs> worship. But the two go hand in hand. What you worship is what you will serve. And uh, it's interesting in Jesus's uh, response, uh, you worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The two go hand in hand. And true service uh, comes from sincere worship. Yeah. Well, show me where your time is spent. That's right. And I'll show you what you worship. That's right. Uh, with a lot of young people at sports. Yep. You know, they have time for God if it's not a sports day. Mm -hmm. um, I see a big idol is school. You know, yeah. people do everything for school education. Yeah. And let's face it, at the end of the day, usually education is to make money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you want that good education so you That's can get right. that job. That's right. Which in above itself is not a bad thing. Yeah. But it can replace God. Yeah. So um can't serve two masters. Yes. Can worship two masters. Mm -mm. And uh that comes up repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah, so right. I, I just think that's a good yeah. thing to note. So that's our right. employment, what can we learn from Jesus's words and the narrative that surround them? The first way is Jesus's identity was challenged by Satan. Yeah. God the Father identified Jesus as his son, and mm -hmm. Jesus never doubted God's word. That's right. So a question for all those listening today. As a Christian, Satan attacks your identity as a child of God. 
And uh, Galatians 3.26 says, for through faith, you are all sons of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Obviously, you're a Christian by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Hmm. You understand you're a sinner. You go to him. You say, you know, you put your faith in him. You say, I believe he died on the cross, rose again. You came back to life. You showed that you are the one true God. You have taken away my sin. And you put your faith in Jesus and you begin that journey of the Christian life. That's but you right. are saved at that moment. You are sealed you are born again. That's right. So um, for through faith, you are all sons of God in Christ Jesus. So that's our identity as Christians. If you're listening to that day, you're a Christian. Yeah. So 1 John 3, 1. Hmm. See what great love the Father has given us, that we should be called God's children. Right. And we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Yeah. And then I just have the little statement, I am a child of God. That's right. And that's important to know. It, yeah. It's our identity. So do you respond like Jesus with unwavering faith in God's word, knowing your identity? Or do you fall into Satan's trap and think that God's word is not enough? Hmm. Um, and then a question you need to ask yourself, have I clung to my identity in Christ in the same way that Jesus clung to his? Have you ever heard... Someone introduced a son or a daughter by not even giving a name, but a doctor, a lawyer, or a teacher. And I'm thinking, what a insult to the child. Mm -hmm. What makes you and I rich? We are children of God. We might be children of God who have these various professions or do whatever, but that alone, that's where we find our identity. Mm -hmm. It's in Christ. And uh, we need to cling to that tenaciously and not buy into this whole world system that the identity comes from what we do instead of who we are in in our god um we we have a great the greatest identity and it all comes back to faith if we yeah. truly trust it we don't fall that's right that's right <laughs> but if we think we need to prove ourselves yeah if we think god's holding back on us that's right um we take that temptation that quick fix yeah that thing to fulfill my passion my thought my pocketbook whatever it may be and yeah we give in. So, um, and here's some thoughts. What is my identity in Christ? Hmm. He defined me in scripture, but can I find those passages? Jesus quoted scripture. We should quote scripture as well and mm -hmm. know who we are. Have I embraced my identity with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength? Yeah. And then uh, I have our second employment point here, looking at what Jesus did and then what we can do with it. Mm-hmm. Jesus overcame temptation with scripture. Yeah. Are you like Jesus who knew scripture so well that he could refute Satan's temptations with ease? Yeah. The sword of the spirit is powerful. And the question for everyone listening today is how well do you weld it? How well do you use it mm. when people come to you with lies and twisted theology? Mm. Uh, one of my favorite verses is Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and effective. Yeah. And I like that before we look at the rest of the verse, because how can it be when on Sunday you're preaching a sermon yeah. and you can have 25 people who all hear the exact same message, obviously more than that, but I'm just talking about those mm -hmm. who are really touched by the spirit. Yeah. And it points out to them all the different situations they're going through, right. but with the same biblical application yeah. and it can change whatever their problem, addiction. Mm -hmm. And it's because the word of God is living and it's effective. 
Yeah. You know, it really it works together with the Holy Spirit, and it can really just point out an issue that the individual is having. Yeah. And we kind of miss that, that the Word of God is living and effective. It's not some dry old book. That's right. Um, it's living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm. So do you respond like Jesus with unwavering faith in God's word, knowing your identity, or do you fall into Satan's trap and think that God's word is not enough? And I'll let you chime in in a second. Let me finish these questions and thoughts. Yeah. Have I studied the scripture so that I can use it to overcome temptation in the same way Jesus did? Uh, We really got to put this into our minds. Yeah. Um, And then a thought. How often do I memorize scripture? What does this tell me about my faith? Mm -hmm. What can I do to be prepared for when temptation comes? Yeah. Uh, Prayer and the word. Let me just uh, bring the two together for just a moment. Uh, Consider who is praying for you. Uh, Hebrews 4.15, Jesus was tempted Mm -hmm. in all points like we yet without sin. And where is, where is the sinless son of God? Hebrews 7, 25. He's ever living to make intercession for us. He's praying for us. The one who knew our temptation is habitually praying for us. I remember uh, years ago um, when we had the Hispanic church meeting within our Mm -hmm. building and I'd get asked to preach uh, every other week and I'd go over on a Sunday afternoon. It was a great time. Most of the families from El Salvador. And um, I would often uh, have different translators and I had a particular translator and I was speaking about what we had talked about Mm -hmm. in a previous uh, podcast about the dynamic of the uh, Godhead uh, and particularly the the son being fully God and being fully man. And I was uh, quoting from 1 Timothy 2.5 for uh, there is one God and mediator between God and men. And then I pointed out the man, Christ it, Jesus. It's not Mary. <laughs> it's not Mary. Okay, That's I just right. thought I'd clear that okay, up. Okay, I was going to throw my coffee cup at you. Okay. Uh, and man, Christ Jesus. Think about it. It doesn't say the God, Christ Jesus, although he's fully God. Who is at the right hand of the Father praying for us? And what was so amazing, I remember preaching on this, and my translator stopped because of catching what was being communicated in 1 Timothy 2, 5. And forgot to continue to translate. But that's what should happen to us when we think that Jesus, the God-man, the man Christ Jesus, is praying for us. And then just really briefly, uh, you talked about the production of uh, David. Uh, and it was just fabulous, the sight and sound. But in Psalm 119, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to thy word? Uh, With my whole heart I have sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. And in verse 11 of Psalm 119, uh, your word have I hid, treasured in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So let's get back to the basics and stay what Jesus did with the fasting and prayer and quoting God's word and we'll do fine. And I think a lot of times we give in temptation too because we we want something yeah. and we're just not holding on. Yeah. So sometimes when you sacrifice, it helps you to hold on a little bit better. That's right. Because you see there's a lot at stake. That's right. 
And then we have our, our final employment point. So let's look at the text, uh, mm -hmm. what it says, and then what we can take from it. Mm -hmm. Jesus was human and faced temptation. Yeah. And this is an encouragement. Uh, yeah. Be encouraged that Jesus was a man who overcame temptation. Mm. So you can too. And then this is quoting uh, Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace mm. to help us in time of need. Uh, as you know, I, I've written a couple songs, and that was one of the songs I yeah. wrote was based off of that passage because I, when you really think about that Jesus is there and he understands me, it just was like, wow. It's like, wow. So, And then you can approach him to find grace. So question I need to ask myself, do I understand the compassion Jesus has for me when I pray? So we need to ask ourselves when we're tempted, when we feel like we're getting hit hard and we go to Jesus, he understands what we are going through and he can give us the strength to overcome. And thoughts, how does knowing that Jesus was a man who overcame temptation affect my prayer life? Mm. Should be monumental. That's right. But, um, do you have any last closing thoughts you want to share with us before we yes, finish up? Yes, uh, just looking at high priest. I recently had a uh, a lady who had just come to our church. You know her, and um, she had been at the church now about a month, and grabbed my hand after service one day and said, "Pastor, you know my pastor uh, had died, and I never thought I'd have a connection mm -hmm. again with pastor or pastoral staff that I do here." Touched my heart. You know, in the Old Testament, you got probably attached to your high priest, mm. uh, but there was a problem. Yeah. Uh, they would come, <laughs> they would serve, they would die. Josephus said there were 83 from the time of Aaron uh, to the time of the destruction of the temple in AD 70. Uh, so who do we have? Jesus, he is the eternal high priest. He conquered death, and he's the one who's praying for us uh, at this particular time. So the reading from uh, Hebrews four fifteen and 16 is priceless to remind us who is at the right hand of God uh, praying for you and me. So uh, just to sum this all up, I think when we're tempted, first of all, we know our identity yeah. going into the temptation. Yeah. We are already armed with scripture. You know, you don't go into battle trying to pick up a weapon. You go in with a weapon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you go in knowing who you are first. Yeah. You go in with scripture, and then you have faith in the goodness of God. Yeah. And if you know your identity, you know who your God is, you can go to him in prayer during the temptation, you can quote scripture, um, you can overcome anything. Mm. And uh, I mean, there's so many verses we didn't even touch on <laughs> dealing with temptation and on. We'll deal much more in the future. But uh, this isn't a five-hour podcast here, right. so uh, um, this is just scratching the surface of this topic. But that was... Uh, the third episode in the Father and Son Pastoral Podcast in the Jesus Said That series, looking at every word which Jesus spoke in the New Testament. And this episode was titled, Jesus is Tempted. Looking forward to next time, and uh, we'll see you then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whoa, you don't get content like that every day. No. Yeah, that's just fun. <laughs>